Thank you for joining us as we walk with God. This is Brenda McCord for The Awakening in America, an outreach of the Himmelreich Memorial Christian Library. Friends, I want to welcome you to Walk with God. My name is Brenda, and Walt and I are thankful for each of you. Thank you for listening to our weekly podcast, and we are glad you're with us once again. Well, last week we talked about a conversation Jesus had with a man named Nicodemus. He was a Pharisee and a member of the ruling council in Jerusalem. He came to speak with Jesus in the night. He had questions he was seeking. And in these opening chapters of John, we've seen many different people who are seeking God. Even more precisely, they are looking for and anticipating the arrival of the Messiah, the Christ. In chapter one, there's several examples. There are people who are coming to hear the message of John the Immerser, John the Baptist, as he's preaching, prepare the way of the Lord, and he's baptizing. He even proclaims several times in chapter one, behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. And people are around, they're hearing him proclaim these words. And even John's testimony, as he baptized Jesus, I've seen the Spirit descending as a dove out of heaven, and he remained upon him. This is the one who baptizes in the Holy Spirit. At the end of chapter one, remember those men who followed Jesus and he turned and said to them, come, follow me. Andrew, John, the the gospel writer of this particular book, Andrew called to his brother Simon, who Jesus then renamed Simon Peter. Later, Jesus called to Philip and said, follow me. And Philip invited his friend, Nathaniel. Do you remember in chapter two, the wedding guests and the servants, they were enjoying the feast and they enjoying the fellowship, the wine, the the celebration of this young couple and the wine ran out. And so Jesus turned the water to wine. Those people were left wondering what had happened. Who is this man asking questions, seeking. In chapter two, at the end of the chapter, we see that Jesus went up to Jerusalem at the time of Passover and we're told because of his many signs, people believed in his name. And then last week when we met Nicodemus as he came and he said to Jesus, we know that you have come from God. You know, this reflects a growing conviction of this particular seeker, but of all of us when we are looking and saying there's something different about Jesus. And so today we are going to begin in John 3, verse 22. And even as we begin, um, this is a, a continuation of the testimony of John the Baptist about who Jesus is and how he's going to choose to relate to him. Let's begin in verse 22. After these things, Jesus and his disciples came into the land of Judea. And there he was spending time with them and baptizing. John also was baptizing in Anon near Salim because there was much water there. And, and people were coming and were being baptized for John had not 
yet been thrown into prison. And as a student of the word, we've talked about this before. We need to remember to ask questions of the text. Like when, when were these things? Well, it's after these things. But what preceded was this time in Jerusalem at Passover, a time when um, representatives, a male representative of every family had to come there and make a sacrifice. Um, that's a time that's very special. And during that time, the time of the Passover, Jesus went up to Jerusalem and he does three main things. One, he cleanses the temple and he says, my father's house can't be any longer a den of thieves. And, and in addition to that, many will believe in him. They see these signs, they've hear, heard him teach, they've seen his actions and they believe. And then Nicodemus, a Pharisee, but actually also a ruler of the Sanhedrin, comes. And he is told by Jesus the most amazing command. You must be born again or you will not see the kingdom of heaven. Um, that's the, the, the where and what happened before that. Who? Jesus and his disciples are the focus of this. But we're also going to include John and his disciples. And the place where this occurs, we travel to the region of Judea, the hill country surrounding Jerusalem, sometimes referred to as the Judean hill country. And, and what is Jesus doing? He's spending time with his disciples. He's building into them. And the others that are named in these verses are John the Baptist and his disciples. And what's John doing? He's calling the people to prepare their hearts for the Messiah, and he's baptizing people. Repent, for the kingdom of God is at hand, because the king's at hand. And then where this is, and not near Salim, there's much water there. Now, we're not sure. Some place this farther north, um, closer to the, the, the Sea of Galilee, some places farther south, close to the Dead Sea, but wherever it was, um, that's where John the Baptist was, and he was baptizing people there, um, not for the forgiveness of their sins, but in preparation for the coming kingdom. Um, and then lastly, when was this? This was before John had been put into prison. Um, he's not there yet. And again, this foreshadows that John will be in prison and John will die. Well, those um, questions, while always are helpful in in the setting, the setting of a story, who, what, where, when, why, how. And so as we've walked through those, we get an idea of where we're at today. And now we'll transition into the next set of verses in today's text. John 3, 25 to 30, therefore, there arose a discussion on the part of John's disciples with a Jew about purification. And they came to John and said to him, Rabbi, he who was with you beyond the Jordan to whom you have testified, behold, he is baptizing and all are coming to him. John answered and said, a man can receive nothing unless it has been given him from heaven. You yourselves are my witnesses that I said, I am not the Christ, but I have been sent ahead of him. He who has the bride is the bridegroom, but the friend of the bridegroom who stands and hears him rejoices greatly because of the bridegroom's voice. So this joy of mine has been made full. He must increase, but I must decrease. 
In verse 26, we see that John's disciples are inquiring. They're asking about the ministry of Jesus compared to the ministry work of John the Baptist. He to whom you testified, he is baptizing and all are coming to him. They're they're looking at this and they're saying, John, there's more people following Jesus than than, there's fewer and fewer coming down here to have you baptize. What's going on here? You're the one who testified to him. And John's answer in verse 27 shows us that John understood and totally accepted the purpose for his life. A man can receive nothing unless it has been given him from heaven. And he continues and says to his disciples, you yourselves are my witnesses that I said, I am not the Christ, but I've been sent ahead of him. And these verses remind us of earlier um, in John's life, really the life of his parents. Uh, It's not found in John's gospel, but it is recorded in Luke chapter 1. And it says these words beginning with verse 13 and following. Do not be afraid, Zacharias, John's father. Your wife, Elizabeth, will bear you a son and you will give him the name John. You will have joy and gladness and many will rejoice at his birth. For he will be great in the sight of the Lord, and he will be filled with the Holy Spirit while yet in his mother's womb. Wow, wow. And he will turn many of the sons of Israel back to the Lord their God. It is he who will go as a forerunner before him, before Messiah, so as to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. I I find it amazing that John understood and totally accepted the purpose for his life. His disciples, they're struggling uh, with a number of people following Jesus. It's greater than us. Fewer and fewer are following us. Jesus is infringing on our turf, and John has to correct that view. That's not what he's all about. He's all about Jesus. Yeah, and this is such a great place, Walt, for us to put an application that head to heart, right? As we look at this, and John, John, in fact, is being a good teacher to his disciples. God has a purpose. He has a plan for our lives. John says, no, this is just the way it was planned to be. However, you know, we often struggle with that purpose yeah. and plan, right? During my time at Moody Bible Institute, I had the opportunity to observe and work with many different Bible speakers, teachers, musicians would come for various conferences. And some of these people were quite easy to work with, <laughs> while others could be very difficult. Yeah, and, and don't name any names we right now, know. but but I, <laughs> I see your face and I know, okay, yeah. she's thinking of yeah. this person. <laughs> well, humility is a quality, and, and this is actually sad. I mean, we're kind of saying it with a smile in our voices, but humility is a quality that many successful people struggle with. I mean, it's like, um, re- reading your own press release, right? And right. believe and beginning to believe that everything good that's been written about you is totally true. Um, so s- just struggling to hold on to that hum- humility and to have that humble spirit as you're serving, as you're in ministry, um, that can be difficult for those who experience or taste success. Another important application point here is 
it is unwise to compare ourselves to others. And that's that's what's happening here. John's disciples are looking, they're they're looking at their leader, their teacher, and they're saying, wait a minute, John, you're the one who testified and said, hey, listen to this guy, you know, behold the Lamb of God. But now more people are following him. And but this comparison will lead us down an ugly road. We'll fall into the trap of pride thinking more highly of ourselves than we should, or we'll fall into the pit of self-pity, thinking poorly of ourselves, leading to self-hatred, a sense of inferiority. Comparison will lead us into sin. Comparison will rob us of our joy. In fact, comparison will destroy us if we camp there. For sure. And and John's words in verse 30 are so powerful and penetrating. He says, he, Jesus, must increase, but I must decrease. And by the way, that this is true for you and me. We, we need to allow Jesus to increase in our lives each and every day. And as we think about that, um, we need to be walking in the power of the Spirit and, and having the fruit of the Spirit growing in our life. And we need to be decreasing, especially in the deeds of the flesh and our self-centeredness. And and that's a struggle all of us have to struggle with daily. Well, continuing with today's passage, we're now at John 3, verses 31 and following. And it says this, He who comes from above is above all, and he who is of the earth is from the earth and speaks of the earth. He who comes from heaven is above all. See that repeated above all. Of what he has seen and heard, of that he testifies, and no one receives his testimony. He who has received his testimony has set the seal to this, that God is true. For he whom God has sent speaks the words of God, for he gives the Spirit without measure. The Father loves the Son and has given all things into his hand. He who believes in the Son has eternal life. But he who does not obey the Son will not see life, but the wrath of God abides on him. And again, this passage of above, coming from above, he he who comes from above, he, he who comes from heaven is above all. John is just making it very clear to his disciples and really to the disciples of Jesus also that he's the man. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I, yeah. I, when we hear that, we, we say, well, mm-hmm. well, what do you mean by that? It means that he's saying, not only must I decrease, but he's the guy that you need to follow. And especially once John is off the scene, we see this wonderful picture of the triune God that Jesus, whom God has sent, he speaks the words of God but he also gives the Spirit of God without measure. The Father loves the Son, and the Father has given authority to the Son. And by the way, the Son loves the Father. And then lastly, in verse 36, the one who believes in the Son has eternal life. Not will have someday, but has it today. My eternal life has begun when I placed my faith in Jesus Christ. This reminds me of John's purpose for writing this gospel book, and it's found at the end of this gospel, John chapter 20, verses 30 and 31. John reminds us there that, therefore, many other signs Jesus also performed in the presence of the disciples, which are not written in this book, 
But these have been written so that you may believe. Remember, we've talked about that important word. You may have trust. You may place your faith that Jesus is the Christ, the Messiah, the Son of God, and that believing you may have life in his name, not just someday, but life today. Yeah, and as, as we continue to work our way through John's gospel, and we see again this word believe today, we're leaning into who Jesus is. He's part of the Trinity, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. He is the one who must increase, I must decrease, as John's testimony. And we see more about Jesus as we walk through John's gospel. Jesus cares for the people around him. He has genuine concern for people. He listens to people. He takes time. He gives his time. He asks questions. Jesus provides and gives truth-filled answers. And we are going to continue to see that as we walk through this gospel. Jesus takes the time and he makes the time to spend time with his disciples and followers. He's not afraid of offering good things to those who will follow him, to those who will believe in him. And he offers them today. He continues to offer those good things to those disciples who will follow him, who will learn to love God better and love others better and make disciples ourselves. And Jesus said, come and follow me. Let's close in a word of prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, you have demonstrated your love for each of us. You, We want to thank you for sending your only begotten son. Your word tells us, but these have been written so that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that believing you may have life in his name. And thank you for that invitation. Come and follow me. Amen. Until our next time together, may you continue to walk with God. Thank you for joining us as we walk with God. This is Brenda McCord for The Awakening in America, an outreach of the Himmelreich Memorial Christian Library.